The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dum, 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 ba-da-dum. Okay, he can't sing, so let's do this. You know, you never know what side of Jason you get. I might be like Royal Rumble Jason, might be hungover, might be like four coffees deep, or right now, I'm trying to talk out of the side of my mouth because I got Pino, my rescue pup, drooling on my left quad. But hey, we are here, and thank you for joining us, and we're back with another episode of Trading Secrets. And today, we're back with our reality TV series. And this is where once a month, we're going to talk the money for cast behind reality TV before during and after the show, get into the specifics about the contract, where the money's made, how it's made. And we're covering Big Brother. It's a show I would dream to be on. I would literally dream to be on the show. And we have the beautiful, and what some would say, I'm going to say it, the boisterous Big Brother star, Elena Davies. So I can't wait to open the bell and ring her in. But Big Brother, let's talk about it for a second. So it airs on CBS and it's been a, it's been around longer than literally any friend. Like everyone's like, Oh, the bachelor's been around forever. No, big brother's been around for 22 seasons, over 750 episodes. And for those who don't know, let's just talk about the premise high level, right? You got house guests. They're locked in the house, like Truman show shit. They're monitored 24 seven. There are so many cameras in there. They literally can see you taking a piss or a shower. They have these weekly challenges, which provide certain house guests, like different powers, superpowers, and like immunities that keep them along for the journey. It's kind of like, imagine like Survivor in a house kind of. And each week there are different twists, turns, and evictions. And the last person standing wins $500,000. But that last person will be standing with one other person. And there will be a certain amount of people from the show. Ooh, I just had a little burp. From the show that actually will vote to see who wins. So that's why keeping a clean reputation and being smart about your tactics are important because if you burn everybody, they're going to vote that you shouldn't win. So the first place will get 500K. Second place gets 50K. But also, as you'll learn in this episode, you can win money in certain competitions with Elena tells us all about. And so some wild facts about this Truman Show crazy ass show that I want to be on like now is that there's almost a hundred cameras in the house and it's not even a real house. It's a set. So it's, it's, you know, they live in it, but it's not, I'm saying it's not like a house you see driving down the street. It's a full blown set because obviously there's so many cameras operating and it's actually in LA. I remember Caitlin and I were in the CBS lot for dance with the stars while the last season of big brother celebrities was going on. And we're like, Oh my God, like is the house in here? We are in the wrong lot. But what's funny is that it's a little bit different than the bachelorette because you're going to compete for cash, right? So when you're making the decision to leave work or not, you're thinking how many people will actually be there? Can I win the 500K? What's my likelihood of doing that? Because in the bachelor, like you're just taking a shot at love. You could, you could be made a fool and you don't get a penny. And even if you do go to the final, whatever, final four, you end up brokenhearted and you don't make a penny. Or do you from what we learned from Dean, myself and others? So wild world, we're going to get into Elena's decision, why she went on, what job she left behind, how much she was paid to be on the show per day, how she negotiated. But this wasn't her first show. Uh, and it wasn't her last show. She also went on MTV X's on the beach. So we're going to break down the differences between CBS and MTV, the pay, and just her overall takes on that. Now, Big Brother is a big show. Like for CBS, it's the highest rated show in the summers. Last year, it drew on average, like around, it was in the 3.8 to 4 million uh, viewers per episode, but it's on three times a week and it's on the whole summer. 
But let's get into the economics. That's why we're here, right? Economics and business behind Elena's decision. How it affected, like I said, her job and the specific contracts and some of the deals she got after the show. We're going to get into all that. And mark my words. <laughs> mark my words. You will be blown away. And that's not a tease. That's Remember that quote. You will be blown away, literally. So Elaine is famous for being on season 19. So she came in 10th place. She didn't win any money, but she did win $5,000 in a challenge, which she'll talk to. And she was knocked out in a double elimination night. But what she was best known for, whether she wants to admit it or not, that's what I, all the research I've done. I know her through Caitlin, but from my understanding in the Big Brother community, what she's best known for is her time on the show, but her showmance with another gent, Mark Jansen, who is on the same show. Actually, he is from Buffalo too. And so Mark and Elena also appeared on the third season of MTV X's on the Beach, which she gets into the weeds about. And again, not talking about the production stuff. We're talking about the money. But that is another interesting fact I want to make sure I put out here. You go on Big Brother, right? And it's different than The Bachelor because you could win 500K at the end. However, however, you could end up in a showmance, in a relationship. And when I was doing research on this pod, I was fucking blown away at the fact that in Big Brother, they have more marriages that have come out of this show. They throw you in a house with 100 cameras while you're taking a piss to win 500K. You want to kill each other. They have more marriages from that show than The Bachelor. This shit's crazy, and so is this episode. Trust me. Elena, thank you for coming on. You are a hero, a gem, hilarious, and a scholar. Let's open the bell with the one and only Elena Davies. For anyone listening out there, for Elena, we're doing an audio test, and and, <laughs> and my guy Brian's like, hey, uh, Elena, can you get some headphones? She's like, I just had surgery, really? And Brian's like, yeah, hey, you know, help. <laughs> and she's like, all right, I'll do it. How Anything are you doing? For you guys. I'm okay. I mean, my mom's been here for a while, so I've been like really milking it. I do love like the attention and all the flowers and treats that have been delivered. So <laughs> there is an upside that the, the hydrocodones, those are cool, pro. Helps you, with the pain. Con. You on one now? Constipation. I am. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, was, I would never know it. I don't know if that's a problem for me, but I would have no idea. This is about, <laughs> this is about to get electric. Yeah. This is <laughs> unbelievable. Ouch. I will say laughing hurts a little bit, but I'll suffer through for you guys. Okay. Trading secrets is more of like a serious stuff. So we'll try and keep it secret. But before... True, but I'll like, try, have you met me? <laughs> that's true. Actually, I mean, let's. That's a, that's a trading secret itself. The first time <laughs> I think I met... Not in person. It wasn't the first time, but it was like the second or third time you came over. I'll never forget when Caitlin's like... I'm, I don't know. I was like doing work or something. She like yells up, come up, come downstairs. I come downstairs and she's like, she goes, come see Elena flex and, and, and bounce her boobs. And I'm like, what? The? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Did my girlfriend just tell me to come in the room and watch her girlfriend bounce her boobs? And like, this is cool. All right, let's do this shit. <laughs> You're like, I love Caitlin Bristow. Coolest girlfriend ever. <laughs> and you did it. It was like, you know, Arnold it. Schwarzenegger, like when he's working out, like how he could bounce his pecs. That's what you're doing. Yeah. It's like been my longtime party trick that and knowing all of the presidents, but the surgery I just had was on my breast. So I'm not sure if I'm going to still be able to bounce them around. Oh so. my gosh. I did. You know what? I need to do more research before people come on. Cause I did not know that, but there's yeah. the correlation and you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Uh, all is well so far. I'm just number one, nervous to find out what shape they made my nipples. And number two, <laughs> 
nervous to find out if I'm going to be able to do this titty bouncing trick that I've been just really hanging my hat on for years. So <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to find a new party trick. I know because the wow. president's thing that I, stopped being that cool started, in like 2011. Yeah, okay. That was cool for a little bit until until our last one. We're like, yeah, I just <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. I was just saying yeah. other people got educated. In You'll be like, and last too. but not least, the best. I don't know. People be like, you're the fucking worst. Elena. Yeah, they're like, oh, cool. Thanks for bringing up uh, politics. And I'm yeah, like, my well, you know. <laughs> all right, well, let us know if the boob bouncing comes back to fruition. We're all rooting oh, for I'll it, totally right, David? Keep you guys posted. David's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? All right, so let's uh, let's get into the the trading secret side of this as as it relates to reality TV. I mean, I think so many times we watch TV and people always ask me, like, you know, how do you leave work? How much are you paid? Are you paid? Are you not paid? And every reality show is night and day. I just think about from when I was on The Bachelor at to the Bachelor in Paradise contract I saw, to the the Bachelor Paradise contract I saw, to Caitlin on Dance with the Stars. I mean, it's crazy to me how different the contracts are. So I want to get into Big Brother and I want to just ask you a little bit, you know, what were your expectations going into Big Brother? Like for you, was it just an opportunity? Did you have anything financially on mind? Did you leave your job? What were your thoughts going into it? Yeah, it was kind of a perfect timing thing for me. I was already in the entertainment industry. I was a radio show personality. And I was needing to leave that specific job and definitely wanting to stay in really radio when the Big Brother opportunity was presented to me. Um, My expectations were mostly like mental, like torture. And they did, they did deliver on that. Um, (laughs) But it's also really expensive to go on reality TV, because especially for Big Brother, I think more specifically, we film for three months. So that's three months of not getting paid your normal salary in life, but still having to pay your insurance, your car note, your mortgage, like any other like random expenses, bills, those things accumulate. So you kind of have to be set up already in some sense. And then expectation otherwise was for me really just I don't know, to get out of my job. Like I said, no, when they first offered for me to audition, but then I was like, well, if I'm meant to go on, I'll get it. And if I'm not meant to, I won't. So that's just kind of what I let, let it rest on and hoped that I would have a good time. Maybe win half, half a million dollars, get a couple Instagram followers, sell some (laughs) kind of like, you know, protein shake and then get back into radio. Like somebody would notice me and be like, that girl's kind of funny and hire me. And so that, that was it for me. When you said presented to you, I mean, did you, did a casting director come directly to you or did you apply? How'd that work out? I was recruited. So like a oh. local recruiter that worked for the casting team here in Dallas mm-hmm. reached out to me and invited me to open calls. And um, so I was just like pushed ahead a little bit in the process. Instead of going to an open call and standing in line, I just got on the phone with a producer for like 20 minutes. They like vibe checked me. I told them a funny story about my dad's longhorn. And then I was on to round two. And how many rounds are there in the interview process? Oh my God, like 14 years. 14 years of rounds (laughs) during a span of like three months. Like I cast from March, like early to mid-March and then found out I was on the show mid-June. And and that the day I found out I was on the show was also the day I left for the show. Okay. So did for work purposes, did you work until the day you left? No, I put in my two weeks notice mm-hmm. significantly before. Did Got you it. just did you just say you left for the show the day you found out you were on the show? I did. 
That is wild. Mm-hmm. Wait, so a, that, a lot of pressure and anxiety and stress. <laughs> that's a good question, David, because you talked about preparing for it, right? So you're on a show for potentially three months in a reality TV show, but the, the, the case, the scenario is, is reality continues to move on. So all, you have all these bills and stuff, but preparing for the show, do you have to buy all your own clothes and pack and oh, do everything yeah. on your own? That's another element of the Big Brother side of things is that you also have to buy everything for three months. And then they don't encourage you necessarily to buy new clothes. They want you to wear clothes that feel like you, but then they're also camera testing everything and have like Mm -hmm. a million rules about what you can pack, what you can't, what you can wear and what you can't. So you do have to invest a lot of money in things that you need, especially for girls. Like think about makeup. Like I had to buy three months worth of makeup. I had to buy three months worth of like expensive hair stuff. And Once you're out of it in the Big Brother house, they don't, there's no luxuries given to us. They don't just like take some of your stipend or whatever and grab it for you. It's like, sorry about you. What is the shortest period of time you could be on the show? Because for the Bachelorette, it's probably like four days. You you have to go without quarantine issues. You would be in a hotel for three days. And then night one, which is considered week one, is all filmed within like 18, 24 hours. You could be gone anywhere from four days to anywhere from three months. So what's like the shortest period of time you could enter Big Brother and then be gone? So the shortest amount of time to enter Big Brother would probably be about 10 days. Okay. And then the longest... To be gone for Big Brother would probably be about 105 days, Um, maybe 110, sometimes as little as like 99. But I think like the, I think I want to say the longest the season has gone was like 105. But we uh, sequester for nine days before the show starts. So that means all 16 house guests and then four alternates. And then if there's any kind of twist person hanging around, also sequester for the nine days. And then in the house though, like the shortest that someone's actually been in the big brother house is like six hours. Wow. So you Which means that they cast like that. for three months, planned, bought, prepared, set up their life, you know, got everything they needed to do. And then was in the big brother house, played the game for six hours. And that is that shit crazy. When you say sequestered, what does sequestered mean? It's basically uh, quarantining. They put us in a hotel alone, no TV, no phone, no anything for nine days. And that's when they'll go through like your wardrobe, your suitcase, make sure everything is like green lighted. And then also they'll take you out occasionally to like do press and film stuff. But also it's part of like the mental warfare. Like if people Mm -hmm. can't make it the nine days in the sequester room, then like you can't make it in Big Brother. And you're not with the other house guests. No. You're just your solo. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that was what for Bachelorette. We were just it was like three, four days, and I was losing my shit. I mean, you're just in. in and did you guys have your phone at all? We couldn't use no. our phone. No TV. No internet. It was like being in a jail cell. And the only way your phone in the room would work is to call like the production room. So if you wanted food or anything, you couldn't even call the hotel. Like you had to call your like handler and be like, can you order me the kids macaroni and cheese and um, a vanilla scoop of ice cream? And they're like, yes, Elena, it's 9am. Now we know what you eat for (laughs) breakfast. And I'm like, look, order it. Throw Bloody Mary in there too, please. Okay. (laughs) This is who I am. I wish. (laughs) They didn't give us alcohol either. Did it, you couldn't drink in the Big Brother house? Oh no! They, it, the Big Brother house is such a, a like a, a mental game. Like they want to strip you of your luxuries. They want to make you upset. They want you to make make you emotional. It's all to like test you and push you. So there's nothing like 
supposed to be enjoyable about it. Interesting. Okay. I'm curious what you think. If you had on your season, you got 16 people, four substitutes, 20 people total. On average, how much do you think your average contestant spends in preparation for potentially being gone for that three months? Oh my gosh. Just it's, a high, just a, <clears throat> like how, or, or specifically, maybe how much you spent that you can remember. I probably spent like close to $5,000 if I'm being oh. honest. Like if I really, really am being honest about every little thing sure. and then like bringing up on my Botox and then like <laughs> getting my hair done to perfection. And, and if you, and if you think about it too, like I'm casting June, May, or I'm sorry. Wow. I'm on drugs. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> March through June. <laughs> That's, I'm also like dressing up and doing, buying stuff for these different interviews. And like, I had to fly to LA for seven days and like lie to my job. I couldn't tell any of my friends where I was, where I was. I like buying all these clothes to look good in my like multiple interviews. (laughs) So I spent like thousands to be on this show, probably if I really did break it down. But like, you can always rationalize and be like, yeah, but I'm going to wear that to the club later too. So (laughs) actually when I got ready for this show, David, uh, my style game is like maybe like a D minus. David actually came to Seattle and we just went on a shopping spree and that shit adds up really, really quick. Do you think... All right, let me ask you about the contract though. So do so obviously the winner gets 500,000, my understanding. The second place gets 50,000. And then they have mm-hmm. different contests in between where you can win some money here and there. But are you guys paid a stipend per day for filming? We're paid a stipend per week. So um, $1,000 per week for as long as you film. So if like, say you are the first person sent home and you only film six hours in the house, you, you get your thousand. Um, but the first like five or six contestants go straight home um, once right. they're evicted. So they get the thousand that they're there. If they're there for two weeks, three weeks, whatever, they get that. I was evicted day 68. I don't know. But I was in the jury house. So I went straight from the Big Brother house to the jury house. So I technically filmed the entire season. So I got paid the entire um, like 13 week stipend or whatever it was, $1,000 a week. But I also won a competition that was a luxury comp. So I won $5,000 in that comp. Okay. So they'll add that on to your, your weekly stipend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 142 bucks a day ish. Are there any other like benefits or anything else associated with it? Like is, is it 1099 where health insurance and everything else is on your own? Or do they give you like a meal stipend or anything like that? Or is that what it is? 1000 bucks a week? 1000 bucks a week. Um, okay. In some of the casting and traveling stuff, you might get like a daily per diem, but a thousand bucks a week. Gotcha. Have you heard of the instances within Big Brother and that people were able to negotiate that amount? No. Big Brother okay. is like hella not negotiating your shit. It is $1,000 a week. If you're a veteran and you return, if it's an all-star season, if there's some type of you're coming back on the show in some kind of twist element or for a feature or something like that, you can negotiate some stuff, I'm sure. Because um, once you play Big Brother once... <laughs> they're going to have to pay me more to pay, play again. <laughs> you know what sure, I mean? Because it's like brutal, huh? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the game is so popular that like if I were to come in the first round and be like, listen, yeah. no. <laughs> they'd be like, cool, K-O. there's another big titty blonde <laughs> from Texas right down the road with like a couple of funny jokes too. So like, 
that's fine. <laughs> See you later. I'm replaceable. I mean, I don't believe that personally, but like <laughs> apparently some of the EPs at CPS do. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm calling bullshit. That's hilarious. All right. Now I want to talk about, so you got uh, CBS, Big Brother. You also went on MTV, X, it's X is on the beach, right? X on the beach. X on the beach. And mm-hmm. so it was actually your ex, Mark, that was that you met in the Big Brother house that was on that show. Yeah, I'm such a cliche. Okay. And so <laughs> and so he well, he was originally casted, just so like anybody that doesn't know the show, he was originally casted and then they asked you to come on as an ex. We were both uh, casted. I was actually reached out to before Mark um, for it. X on the Beach. And so we were reached out to around the same time. We both know the premise of the show. We knew it was what it was. So I prayed about it. Yeah. And I guess it says one of those things where I didn't listen or I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. And so how different different was that experience though? CBS to MTV with the contracts, the payments, the stipends, the treatment. What was it all? I mean, were there big differences? Wildly different. Really? Some different in a really good way, some in a bad way. I kind of shit on MTV a little bit more, but if I, if I'm being candid, like I was filming a show at like during one of the hardest times in my life. And like, it was exploiting that thing. And I like, I was aware of it. So I can blame no one but myself. Like they want to make good TV. So of course they're going to go out of their way to like ruin my life. Um, But as far as payment goes, (laughs) anything for the entertainment, um, (laughs) as far as payment goes, I got paid like almost as much as I got paid for big brother filming um, X on the beach. But I only filmed this on the beach for five days because I was the first person that they sent home. I just negotiated better than like yeah. other people that I know. Sure. And MTV is like pretty horny for CBS people. Mm-hmm. They love that CBS works really hard to cast and goes through the process like relentlessly and like finds like quality people, not to toot my own horn. Um, mm-hmm. Not all of us are quality people. You've watched the show. Sure, um sure. <laughs> So they have to pay CBS people more than they pay like their MTV people from like, are you the one and stuff? So that worked for my favor a little bit, but I demanded like a pretty high like weekly stipend. And then I demanded guaranteed pay, which they don't normally offer because I was like, I'm not doing all this and then get getting sent home the first week. And like, that's bullshit. So pay me what I want or no thanks. And I've so, literally, literally though, as you're you're saying that though, Elena, I wrote the word guarantee down because I have heard from so many of these reality shows that once you go on a reality show and you go on another one, that's a huge strategy to get walk-in mm-hmm. money, so that almost pre-production knows that they have some type of investment and that they'll keep you along a, there longer, knowing that they're already vested, whatever it is, 10, yeah. 20, 30 grand right off the get-go. Yeah, what, exactly. What, what, what were these specific uh, stipend fees per weekly? Do you remember? Or I don't remember. Context? And I meant to go back and look before I recorded this. And then I'm going to blame the pain pills. Mm. But um, <laughs> I want to say, because I was originally supposed to be the single on the show. And that okay. Mark was going to come in and quote, be my ex. I would point out the obvious reasons why that would be better for everyone. But like I said, they're super obvious. The reason (laughs) that I wasn't, they changed their mind like last minute, which made me want to change my mind last minute. But they, it was like a gender thing. They needed this certain amount of males versus females to start and blah, blah, blah. And that was their excuse. But that's why I was like, no, you have to pay me at least like three weeks pay. And I want to say that I, my stipend was like 4,500. I want to say I made it out with like 15 to 16 
maybe 17,000 from this show. And that was just me like really playing the game. Even when they wanted to fly me back to shoot just my headshot. Cause like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I shoot that while I was there? I don't know. I was like, yeah, but that's, (laughs) I mean, I want my week, like weekly stipend. Like so you leave it for the week. And I flew in at 11 o'clock at night. That's when I landed. And I was on the flight the next day at like 945 in the morning. And I got paid a weekly for that. So your return on investment uh, was much better for your MTV experience than your CBS experience. Yeah. Except for then I spent like $3,500 on therapy. So. <laughs> <laughs> would you, would you, oh, and that's a real thing. I mean, that's the mental anguish thing. after it, and I had it so easy, but if it's difficult, like even when you have it easy, the people that come after you for just the most ridiculous stuff, I mean, David, you've seen it. Some of the DMS and shit I've shared with you. It's absolutely crazy. I'm curious your opinion of this, Elena. Would you say that the money to go on these shows, CBS, uh, big brother and or MTV, uh, X on the beach, is you don't go on it for money. Do you get paid 17, 20, whatever it is you get paid, but majority of the money comes after if you develop a following. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, I think a lot of these shows actually know it at this point, the way to monetize social media at this point is that such a next level that they know people are, especially now, people are just dying to get on these shows mm-hmm. with the likelihood of potentially just building a platform. And then these days you made, you do one deal and you get paid, you know, that amount. So yeah. it's, it's just, and, and I think that networks are leveraging that too. I mean, they're totally. dumb not to, it's, that's, that's part of the appeal. It's like, Oh, well, you'll, you know, this is the, the pay rate, but this is the average following of person that, you know, comes on this show. And for X on the beach, that was another one of my, my, fighting points is I was like, I'm looking at your television show and no offense, it's not very good. So (laughs) I'm not imagining a lot of people are watching this. And if they are, you know, like there's probably, you know, not great people and not a ton of them. And like, how does that serve me? It doesn't. So I need to either make a ton of money or make a difference in my life somehow, or make a connection that's going to like serve my future or it's not worth my time. That makes so much sense. I think more people need to do that before they go on the reality TV shows. But how about for collusion? Do you ever see... So on some of these shows, like um, obviously you watch Big Brother, you saw Big Brother Celebrity, and then you also were on X on the Beach and you saw that people get paid for staying there longer. Do you ever see collusion? Do you ever see people on MTV, X on the Beach work together to stay longer? Do you ever see on Big Brother people say that, hey, maybe we'll split, like if, if you win the 500, we'll split it or anything like that? Collusion is like a big time no-no on Big Brother. Okay. And you will not get away with it on Big Brother. There's, I can't imagine a world in which you could. You are mics 24-7. There are producers and cameramen and audio, like multiple of them watching your every move. Like they <laughs> saw me eat a Kit Kat in the bathroom. So <laughs> you're not getting away with splitting any money on that show. Even yeah. if you have hand gestures or you think you have a signal... You're not that smart. No shot. Um, MTV, people do... It's just like shadier all around background stuff. Like you can get away with stuff, especially shows like The Challenge and and even like Ari the One and X on the Beach. That's a, a feeding ground to go into The Challenge. Like they're just picking who they want and there's so much crossover and a lot of people that continue to come back. And so there's a lot of that going on, like pre-gaming, post-gaming, yeah. But that's more what, what they would call it. I think that if you accused anyone from any of these like ongoing game shows of collusion, they would just... Have a field day. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they would say that they're just... The worst of it is, is like pre-gaming. 
Mark <laughs> Sorry, and I boy. technically <laughs> kind of were trying, like, I, like we were, we had a deal before we went on the show. It was like, don't have sex with someone else. Like, like, let's try to respect each other so that we don't like hurt each other in this environment. Let's both just secure our bag. Like you keep me around. I keep you around. Like if we just keep with each other, then we're both on the show. We don't have to worry about another relationship and we can both get paid, get the exposure, blee, blah, blah. But, um, some of us don't listen to instructions very well <laughs> or keep their word. And I don't know, it's not me. So th- like, there's always that element of people talking, especially once you're like a vet, once you've been in it and you know, people, and there's rumors travel fast about when the next show is happening or whatever. But to your point, you could have had a relationship before, even have such built-in trust. You have these ideas, these strategies, last longer, make more money, better reputation, better platform. And you get in the environment, production comes in and everything goes to shit. Like it all blows up. (laughs) That's why I don't think that production worries about it all that much because like in Big Brother, what they say, like it's a new, it's a new game every day. Like it's like a new hand dealt every day. So even if you have some deal with someone before the game, yeah. Something's going to change in the house. They're going to meet somebody else. Some new point's going to come up. Like there's going to be a new strategy. So everybody just is selfish enough to never actually hold out on an agreement. Big Brother is the Truman Show. That's what it reminds me of. But also the Truman Show was like the first form of social media marketing we ever saw, in my opinion, because there would be the placement of like pancake mix and, you know, Ford car. When you talk about the Kit Kat, eating the Kit Kat in the bathroom, do you think CBS strategically places all those brands and has back-end deals with them? Um, my time on Big Brother, we did more greeking than anything just because they tried to avoid, honestly, like the negative feedback. So like if hmm. Kellogg's is in the background of like a big blow-up fight in the kitchen where somebody yeah. likes bullies someone or says something racist, then they don't want... Kellogg's to be like, why is this clip circul- circulating of like hate speech and our cornflakes are right there. <laughs> okay, so, got it. and I, but it, but it's weird. Cause some, some, some stuff they don't, yeah. but, but they, but they try to challenge us to not to like use our cups and stuff like that. So there's only so much control, especially in big brother where they where producers aren't hands on MTV. I was, I wasn't around long enough to really catch a vibe. I think they're a little bit less organized. Like they greeked everybody's oh. stuff, but mine. Like I think they have good <laughs> intentions, but like, but like some of their PAs get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we can't have, in, the, in the bachelor is nothing. You can't, I mean, you can't have any brand. You can't see any brand. You can't show any brand. And I know By greeting, big brother that's, I mean, yeah. Uh, labeling it. Labeling. Yeah. I, I say that so casually. I forget sometimes people don't know what Greeking is. That's how you know you've been in the TV business when you're (laughs) dropping bombs like that. But I'm sure most people are like, what the hell is she talking about? (laughs) Speaking Um, of brands, what's the, uh, you know, you go on these these shows, you get exposure, you get a following, like you mentioned. What's your, what was the first brand deal that you did as as an influencer? Mine, FabFitFun. And I was bamboozled. I was bamboozled. I got paid $400. What? an in-feed post for FabFitFun. And I'm pretty sure the agent that gave it to me, like, cause I should have been paid like at least a couple more thousands than that. Well, how <laughs> many followers, ju- how many followers ahead. did you have at the time? I want to say at the time I had like 130,000, <sighs> but I was also at like peak engagement cause I had just come off yeah. the show. So I've grown significantly since then, but I definitely should have been paid. I wouldn't, 
say yes to $400 for no. a story, one story no. slide today. <laughs> no, we had, a full, we had a full podcast about the influencer space. And one of the things we talked about, and we had CEOs from big companies that do influence uh, influencer spend, millions and millions of dollars. And we talked about the fact that it's just like the wild, wild west. And there are agents out there that will take advantage of people like that that just come off the show. They mm-hmm. know what the rate should be. They know that you don't know what the rate should be. They see what you're willing to accept. You accept it. And not only do they charge you a percentage on top of that, but they're cutting themselves a check for the amount they actually negotiate with FabFitFund. Yeah. But you've been on CBS, you've been on MTV. Did you end up going back to work? And if not, what type of business opportunities were created for you after being on these shows? And, and how have they been? Um, I never returned to like the work I did before um, reality TV, which was like I mentioned, a radio personality. I did basically just Instagram deals using my platform in that way. And then, you know, other one-off things like appearances and event hosting, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I just continue to try to grow my Instagram. And then ultimately I wanted to launch a podcast so that I could have full creative control. It be my production, it not have any kind of limitations. So I did that. I launched the miscellaneous podcast and um, I just celebrated two years of that. And um, thank you. And then I uh, launched a an online store, which is actually now turned into a real life brick and mortar store with my best friend called Drop Collective. Badass. That's awesome. So yeah, you have an so online and a brick and mortar? I do. Tell here. us about Drop and Collective. Uh, here in Fort Worth, Texas. So we, we launched it to be online only and then had a pop-up opportunity about a month later. And it went so well that we just like never left. But we're an online... Well, I keep saying that. We're an, we're available to you online. But if you're in Fort Worth, please do come see us. But we're a retailer <laughs> for women's and we have some unisex stuff. So it's like women's ready to wear just like lounge stuff, obviously you gotta. And then gotcha. accessories, shoes, hats. But the cool thing is, is that we've been able to partner with a project run, runway designer who let us do a a hat line with her. So we have an exclusive there. So we designed our own hat line. And then a Dallas uh, jewelry designer who's been featured in Stanley Korshak and Neiman's and Nordstrom. So we have an exclusive line with her as well. So we've been able to like actually design stuff, which I'm really excited about. Um, And we've got more lines coming. But yeah, it's just kind of trendy, chic statement pieces that are basics. And uh, we're pretty proud of it. It's also a lot of work and taxes. Yikes. Taxes are brutal. And I mean, it's a lot of work, but that is so good. It's a great story about how you, you go on a store. I'm sorry, you go on a uh, reality TV show, you, you get paid some money, you make more money off influencing, you take that and then you reinvest it into a business. That's a long-term strategy. That's awesome. One of the things I just recently talked to Rebecca Minkoff, we we're talking business and shop a little bit. One of the things she's doing is the online experience has become such a big thing for any type of business consumer that she thinks that is obviously the future, but that brick and mortar is going nowhere. And it's going to be there for a while and it's going to help build the brand. So I said, how do you strategize against that? One of the things she talked about is bringing the online experience into brick and mortar. And so she got into some of the details about how she's doing that. But I don't know if that's a fit or not, but maybe it might be. And that's from Rebecca Minkoff. I, yeah, I need, I need to like dive deep into that. Good for you. That is awesome. All right. So David, I'm going to go into our last quick segments here because we've already taken more time than we've allotted to Elena. And she's got some PKs to take. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> David, did you have any other questions before I get into those? No, it wasn't a question as much as it was going to be a chirp. I was going to say, uh, as I was doing some research, I saw you were going, you went on Big Brother, you had zero how to ha- had a household wins and zero veto wins. So I was going to oh. say that you just out of pride, you have to go back, but <laughs> you won 5,000 in a luxury challenge. So 
right back yeah. at me. I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words. Yeah, te- and technically, I gave my HOH to somebody else. It's all strategy, baby. There it's you all go. strategy. You got your five k. <laughs> I then you know. Hey, I'm a fourth, a fourth highest paid uh, person from my season. Third. Let's fourth. go. There you go. Yeah, love so, to see that. Huh, no all wins. Right. Feels like Jay, a win ish. Jay and I always talk about we we watched All Stars like back and forth texting each other the whole season last last uh, season and we always talk about how both of us would love to go on the show it's like our um, dream to be on that show dream. you need to watch my version of all stars i had way more comp wins uh, wait so t- so how did you what did that all look like you did your own <laughs> version of celebrity big brother yeah so this uh this last season of big brother was celebrity or oops big brother all stars um okay. so it's just past players vets coming back um not all of them were all stars hmm. mm-hmm. but True. i green screened myself into the entire season that is incredible. Like, now, did you get paid for this? No. Like that, I just did that because I'm insane. Because the content was fucking incredible. Incredible. And that's all thanks to Blair. Blair. The Blairette. Oh, the Blairette. You know her who, well. Yes, who got engaged on because of Caitlin's podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what you need to do next season. You do the same exact thing, but proactively right here, right now, start getting headline sponsors because you're, I mean, you're getting so much engagement on those. So you have sponsors going into the Big Brother podcast or the Big Brother, whatever season it is, and you're part of it and you're going to promote it every single, every single week. Yeah, that, that was the goal for this one. I was like, man, it's going to be so dope. Like, this is for sure going to go viral. Like, who could... Like, this This is the coolest thing anyone's ever done on the internet. Like, like of course, they didn't invite me back to Big Brother All-Stars. I'm going to green screen myself in. It's going to be like a whole ongoing bit. Like, people are going to realize how hilarious I am. I'm going to get all these sponsor deals for it. I'm going to be, like, doing, like, Coca-Cola shout-outs in the middle. Yeah. You can go back to Fab Pit Fun and get your money that they steal. <laughs> there you go. Just go direct this time. <laughs> I should. Oh, all right. So let's get into the last segment here. It's the biggest and best. And then we have our final segment, which is going to be a trading secret. So start thinking now of some trading secret that someone might not know from the reality TV space, whether it's Big Brother, MTV, it could be the money, it could be the contracts. Think about something from that perspective. That would be a good secret for our listeners. But first, the okay. biggest and best. So I want to know, what is your biggest financial regret? that you've made could be something maybe you bought something you did didn't invest in your biggest financial regret could be on the show pre-show post-show other than taking that fab fit deal (laughs) i was gonna say i bought some queso the other day and i (laughs) forgot to put it in the fridge (laughs) what a way what are you doing (laughs) that's funny i actually i hired an agency to help me start my podcast and i wouldn't Mm. say i I spent about eight thousand dollars on it and I wouldn't say it's like the word, like it wasn't all bad, but I think that I could have done it without. I think that I could have done what they did for me. I know I could have, and maybe even more, but I just, I, I always think back to that. I'm like, it, it makes me cringe. Yeah. Like, why did I do, why did I think that just immediately I needed help without at least trying a couple things so or shopping around more? So from a purchasing perspective, if you'd gone back and done that differently, what would you have done differently to see if that money was worth the 8K they proposed? Well, first of all, I would have gotten other opinions. I would have spoken to other agencies, gotten other quotes, and then I would have actually negotiated it. There were things that they were offering and suggesting that I didn't even felt like I needed. And looking back, like we never followed through on those things, that part of the agreement. There was like a graphic designer included, but like we never matched up. And so... I now use somebody else that I found and who actually found me and offered to work for me for free. So I just didn't feel like I got $8,000 worth of value. Yeah. And 
So I wish I would just would have studied it more. Benchmark, negotiate, negotiate. That's your lesson mm-hmm. right there. What was the best experience that you gained from coming off the show? An experience that you're like, if I wasn't on either one of these shows, I would never be right here doing what I'm doing right now. Meeting your girlfriend. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> do you really mean that? That's so nice. I mean, that's that's up there for me. Yeah, like getting to meet people who I've like admired and like looked up to and like to call them friends now. Um, also that one time that AJ from the Backstreet Boys brought me up on stage and serenaded me and cool. go. Um, <laughs> and I can, I can name a few other times that something cool has happened that I'm just like, wow, like I just would have never happened if I wasn't this like watch up reality TV star. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was feeling I don't even deserve that. this. <laughs> how cool is that? I mean, the other day, I think it was like Barbara Corcoran was DMing me just saying hello. And I'm like, how oh, this is the That's coolest so thing cool. ever. Like I was just grinding at a bank three, three years ago. And here's Barbara Corcoran is. And I do actually remember you when you came over, I think you said, is your mom, your mom was a fan of Caitlin when she was oh, threat, right? Huge, I remember that. And huge. then you, you, you FaceTimed your mom and your mom was so excited to meet Caitlin and stuff. And I was thinking the same thing at that time. Like how cool is how this world operates? Like mm-hmm. one door opens a new opportunity. You never freaking know what's next. So special. Okay. So obviously this is a financial business podcast. So I got to ask you, what is the best purchase or investment you think you've ever made in what you've seen returns you never thought you would? Best purchase I've made? Purchase or investment? Purchase or investment. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I don't make great financial decisions. Like, why'd you ask me on the show? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we just want to hear more about the ins and outs of, of, of Elena. Um, my best investment yeah. has been in myself. Yeah. Just I think, allowing I think myself to, I think it, it's sound like cheesy and it's not financial at all, but just like, um, I think like stripping away like expectations of people in the, it, for me in the industry of, and, and on Instagram and in, in the podcast world, like walk, stepping into this world, it's like a lot of like, you should look like this. You should act like this. This is how other people do it. And so I felt pressured by that. And then finally I just like went full in on Elena and just invested in who I am as a person and let that be my, just be myself. And I feel like I've grown more, had more opportunities, had way more success, like releasing all of the stigma and expectation around how I'm supposed to behave on the internet. I love it. I love it. Just My youth pastor is not excited. <laughs> I can <Okay>. imagine. <laughs> but, but, staying true to, but staying true to that is, is why we asked you to come on the podcast is because we want people that are like that, that'll give their honest take and their honest views. And I think that that's what is relatable and and why you seem to have such a following and a dedicated following that you do. And at the end of the day, if you need, if you need some financial advice, uh, Jay over at restart, uh, he's got you covered. (laughs) So don't worry about that. There you go. We'll take care of you. But my, my whole thing, Elena, and it's so well said, David, it's, it's your, your true authentic self before we even like jump down this, we're like, I know this is like financial base, but like, this is going to be hilarious because Elena's hilarious. But my takeaway just from getting to know you better just in this last 40 minutes is your relentlessness to learn, right? Like you went on the first show and you, you realized I can leverage this opportunity with MTV. I can get a guarantee. I can negotiate. You come off, you're influencing, you get a $400 fed fund deal. You re- recognize like completely got screwed, taking advantage of, but I'll learn from it. You talked about the fact you hired an agency to help you with your podcast, paid 8K, and then learn from that to become better. And then, I mean, the, the stories of in which you continue to like improve as a person for me is obviously correlates exactly to what you said, which is the best purchase is the investment in yourself. So yeah, you're kicking ass, you. girl. 
Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we can't let you leave, and we know you're uh, you're you're. What, what kind of painkillers are you taking over there? Hydrocodone. Gotta get you the hydrocodone. So before you go, we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta make sure we get some type of trading secret from you. Because if we didn't, what would be the point of this podcast? So what's a secret you can trade with us about reality TV, the contract space, maybe the money, the ins and outs, a uh, story? What do you got for us? You as a person have value in some capacity. So what do you know? What do you have? Who do you know? What can you access? And then how can you trade that or monetize that for what you want? I think people always think that they have they can only get what they want with money, but I disagree. Also, if you're a female or a male, sure. But if you're a female and you go on reality TV, I mean, sell your feet pictures online. Do that for sure. It is... Wait, 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 what? Sell your what? <laughs> your feet pictures. Pictures of your feet. <laughs> Have you actually done that? A hundred thousand million per day. How much platform do you sell them at? And how much? (laughs) I have moved over to OnlyFans. Stop. Um, We're talking about money this whole time post-show. And you haven't brought up OnlyFans? Jason, listen, this is so funny. I haven't announced it anywhere. This will be the first time it's been announced. Wow. I've had a secret OnlyFans for two months that's paid me way more than anything that I made in tw- the year 2020. I need details. Oh, I need details. God. And you know what the best part is about my OnlyFans? I what? only post feet fans. Wait. It's just me and fans, only fans. What do you mean fans? Only fans, ceiling fans, industrial fans, portable fans, small fans, bathroom fans. Shut the fuck up. Some heaters. You're like okay, inclusivity. I am blown away. We're just about yeah, to wrap you're up. Away. You're blown away. You're blown away like a fan might this blow is, you uh, away. <laughs> we're like emojis over here i got i got the i got the jaw drop emoji jay's got the open eyes Wait, emoji. i'm like shook. blown shook. away okay yeah, so only you fans. can't let this one go so your only fans on your account where can people find it how much do you charge and what are the photos they're just fans yeah so it's onlyfans.com slash elena c davies <laughs> and um i believe my price point right now is 17 dollars a month i've been mixing it up i don't really know what i'm doing over here so i just like pick a new price like every couple weeks okay. but i think i have a promotion going right now really unclear how the platform works <laughs> um but on my feed what you will find is different photos of me with fans so I mean, that's it. <laughs> I, I'm afraid to ask, but I'm going to ask, what are you doing with the fans? Like, is there, is there an element we're missing here? Oh, oh it's literally just you with the fans. <laughs> so, the, so I'm, I'm showing them a photo of literally me fully dressed in a chair sitting next to an I oscillating thought, I fan. I there was like an angle or something. Okay. So I will say this. I do throw yeah. in some sexy photos with fans. Like, you yeah. know, there's a ceiling fan in my room and a mirror in the corner. So like, sure. I'll take a sexy selfie, but the fan is going to be in it. You know what I mean? How many how many subscribers do how many subscribers do you have? Right now, I think I have like 210, but like I got up to almost 300 at one point. The craziest thing is, is that again, I've never announced this. I didn't tell anyone. Somebody I I made it also as a joke, um, which is the best part. And someone found it on Reddit. And um, so all these like big brother, not safe for work Reddit people came and followed my OnlyFans and have literally paid for my boob surgery. Thank you so much. Wow. I love the creative, the ingenuity. I would say that's your trading secret right there. That right now, if you're charging 17 bucks and you got 300 people that, and you haven't even announced it, making 61K a year, just taking pictures of you in fucking ceiling fans. And that's only subscriptions. I've doubled what I make on subscriptions, sending out like pay-per-view photos and messages or people just tipping me. I also have my Amazon wish list put up there and people just buy me shit and send it in the mail. What the fuck? 
kind of world Jay. are we living in? The Jay, coolest one! <laughs> Jay, we're starting a trading secrets only fans. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. We need to come up with some secret strategy for what we're going to do. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. Just like crazy stuff. Yeah. I am blown away. Like my brain right now is moving 8,000 miles an hour and I can't even focus on what I'm going to say next because that is um, <laughs> unbelievable. And you haven't even promoted this. Not once. I haven't announced it once on my Instagram or like anywhere. And all. so have you gotten any negative pushback? Like like people like, how dare you? What would you do that for? No, not yet. Like- mostly because like, like only the people that know about it are the people that were like already jerking off to my photos, but just like the ones they found on Reddit. So like they're to the moon. And now I message them back on this platform. So they like, you know, they couldn't be happier about it. Unbelievable. This is like cameo on... St- I mean, obviously I know what OnlyFans is, but I haven't met someone that's on it and then got to hear about it. And so it's just, you- wow, incredible. Blown away. David, you got any other questions about OnlyFans? Yeah, I was just gonna say you asked her about negative feedback. I said I don't, I only know Alina for forty five minutes. I feel like she doesn't do negative. Like there's, yeah, there's just no, there's no negative, negative feedback. Here. Wait, you no. did say something about your feet though, didn't you? Selling feet? Did I miss that or did I? Yeah, so I so that's where I because I used to do kind of just like one on one stuff through Instagram or Twitter. If you reached out, I'd sell you like a package deal of like <laughs> you know two foot photos and like three thirty second videos for four hundred and fifty and. Um, blee, 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 the going blah. rate, the going rate for your feet right now are four hundred and fifty bucks. Look, I have five stars on Wiki Feet. Okay, don't play. What's with so me. good? I, I mean, what's Wiki so good about your feet? feet? My, I got the my feet are like the I got the worst feet ever. Hey, don't don't limit yourself. There's somebody that will like your feet online. Did you just somewhere. say? Did you just say Wiki Feet? Mm-hmm. Caitlin it's talks a, about Wiki Feet. It's oh a thing, online dude. feet rating for like celebrities and reality stars. The first time I ever took a photo of Caitlin on a beach in my feet with her, she's like, don't put your feet in. I was like, why? She goes, it'll end up on Wiki Feet. I'm like, what the fuck's Wiki Feet? Is that when wow. you know you made it? When you were on Wiki Feet? Is that when you know you made it? <laughs> yeah, you made it to the Z-list celebrity club. Yeah, it's that, like, that great is place to be. So fun here. <laughs> if you're wow. not here, you're All not right. having fun. Elena, when you make over 500K on OnlyFans, I want you to remember that moment and I want you here and we're going to have a whole fucking episode on it. Okay, so now I actually have a goal. Yes, like, you I, have a goal. Okay. And on top of that, I mean, that's we'll very take 10% doable. commission. We'll take, no, we won't commission. <laughs> yeah. oh, but, but that's what's going to happen. We're doing a full episode, the breakdown of OnlyFans. Elena making 500K literally on all my social media forums when I promote this episode. It's going to be about your OnlyFans account. I'm going to hold off and let you be the announcer yes. of my OnlyFans. Um, oh, this is going to be great. So, I'm by the time that I have made $500,000 on OnlyFans, number one, who even needs Big Brother? Except for for sure needed Big Brother to even make it on OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, and number two, I'll for sure know to ha- how to use the platform by then. So I'll have so much advice. Unbelievable. And we can create the, maybe our own agency between all of us where it's an OnlyFans agency. We take people off reality shows. We get them into OnlyFans at mm-hmm. a PG, PG-13 rated level. Guarantee them X amount of dollars. Make it off the top. Boom. I love this. I'm in. It's <laughs> oh, amazing. Elena, thank you so much for your time. This has been such an awesome podcast. Before we wrap up, I know you have your own podcast, Miscellaneous. You got your store. Tell us everywhere and anywhere people can find you, including including your subscription (laughs) on OnlyFans. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Elena Davies. It's E-L-E-N-A-D-A-V-I-E-S. My podcast is the miscellaneous podcast. My store is called Drop Collective. That's drop with two Ps. Some of these things are hard to spell, but if you can manage Elena Davies, everything is linked there. And then my OnlyFans is Elena C. Davies. 
onlyfans.com slash Alana C. Davies. Alana, thank you so much. Get better, feel better. And we really, really appreciate your time. This is so fun having you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Take care and all the best. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Here we are at the closing bell with David and Jason, where we break down and recap our guest. And David's the voice of the viewer. The curious Canadian will get my take on everything we just discussed. And that was one electric episode with Elena Davies from Big Brother. I mean, I was so uh, surprised by uh, some of the stuff she shared, the details behind Big Brother, her story, where she's come, where she's gone. But I got to start this recap off with OnlyFans. I mean, the fact that she... the wit behind it is genius, right? When she said OnlyFans, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what road are we going down here? And then she started talking about the fact that she's only posting (laughs) photos with a fan in them, has 300 subscribers, hasn't even like formally or publicly launched it. She said this is the first place she's even talked about it. And she's making what's probably gross income of around 65K-ish, I would say. And she's on her way to the 500K challenge. David, what'd you make of that? My jaw was dropped. Like, I don't know if, <laughs> if the video will be out there, but when she dropped OnlyFans, my jaw was dropped. I mean, I know very little next to nothing about a, how that platform works, but what's your, do you have knowledge of like that industry? Like, let alone like with the content, like, do you know about that industry, the business side behind it at all? You know, I know a little bit about the economics because I read about the um, guy who started it, Tim. He's a serial entrepreneur. Like he's had tons of businesses. Now, OnlyFans, I think he's been around since 2013. And since that time, I think it was like 2013 to 2019, they've actually paid over a billion dollars uh, to the creators. So wow. it's it's a business that's growing. They've done, uh, I think in 2020, they did over $2 billion in gross sales. And the big thing is, is like you heard Elena's on it, but also massive celebrities like Cardi B is on there and she used it as a tool to promote WAP. And there were only people that could get certain teasers and stuff that were on OnlyFans. And then I, I remember when, uh, you know, Barstool covered it, but Bella Thorne made a million dollars in one day. So, you know, they paid over a billion dollars to creators. They have over a hundred million users and they're growing at 500,000 users a day. The economics, I mean, there's something you can agree or you could disagree with the whole thing of OnlyFans. For me, I'm pro, like do whatever you want to do. That's legal. Like if, 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 if it's taking pictures with fans, like do it, like do what you got to do. If, if it meets your moral compass and you feel good about it, who the hell am I to judge? Like, that's awesome. And, uh, I think actually, David, we're going to try after this episode, I feel like we have to try to get the CEO of OnlyFans on to strictly to. talk like economics. You agree? Have to, have to. I'm sure I'm sure they have some crazy stories too, just of how that came to be. But do I mean, economics... Real, are, do you, But I don't want to go away from this real quick without getting your opinion. Yeah. There's Patreon, right? And that is like a membership type platform, right? Like a lot of people like singers and stuff, people will pay monthly subscriptions and they'll have access to their music. It's all over the place. I wonder if OnlyFans will like take that turn into just being a full, just like membership. It could be anything you want it to be. Well, who knows? But right now they seem to have a niche, but I mean, at the end of the day, like take Instagram, for example, we follow people on Instagram because we want to follow them. Um, I'm sure sometimes you would love to follow them and be able to communicate, get get direct responses, et cetera, et cetera. Like she's, it's a platform for her to, those fans who want that like intimate or intimate interactions, spit it out, David, um, that, <laughs> that, uh, that she's giving them. So it's serving a purpose for the people who want to use the platform. So, so be it. If they want to pay whatever she's charging a month, so be it. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's another takeaway is obviously her world is social media. And so she's finding more ways with her platform, social media, podcasting to generate passive income. So whatever your world is, I think finding other opportunities to source multiple ways and sources of income is a, is a means of paying down debt quickly and getting wealthy faster. And when it be, when she wins the challenge and she makes 500K, that's no longer passive income. That's income income. So let's cheer her on in that journey for sure. Hey. Um, <laughs> how well did you know her prior to this? I met her through Caitlin uh, probably like a year or so ago. She's awesome. They're close friends. But I didn't know any... like Almost everything that we talked about on this pod, I had no idea. I knew she's hilarious. She's energetic. So funny. And she's got a great so personality. Funny. That's about it. Caitlin loves her, thinks she's the world of her. But yeah, I didn't really know some of these details about like her leaving her job and the money that's made on Big Brother yeah. and the exes on the beach money, etc. So... Her leaving her job, it seems to be a common trend. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people on these shows, all the different shows. And, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, who knows if it has a like a cost analysis approach to it. But what's your take on that? Like, I know each show might have like a different variance of why you might do that. I don't think I, people really calculate it as much. But what's your take on like legit leaving your job for a TV show? Yeah, I think it comes down to like probability, outcome, and ROI, and just like where you're at in life. I think the biggest common denominator, uh, Elena and I, like both of them on our show, is we were both kind of lost and fed up with our jobs, and this was an outlet. Big difference, though, right? You go on The Bachelor, and unless you're in like probably the top three, you're not going to. It's 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 challenging to monetize. Now you can, and there's people that do it all the time. Like a grocery store, Joe crushed it, was out week one. So, but I think in general, your odds of like reality TV paying off is pretty low. I would say it's about five to ten percent. And I think the other thing is you got to remember the Bachelor. You're going to find love. And which most people aren't there for that, but you're going to find love. The big brother, I at least give her credit because you know you're you're one of you probably have a ten percent shot of winning five hundred k. So it's a whole different take than going on like a show like The Bachelor. That's true. I mean, The Bachelor is a zero sum game in terms of prize money, so you have to look at it as monetization. It's work put in after if you're lucky enough to come top three and you know, nothing bad comes out about your past to even be able to monetize. So there's the risk reward is high risk and then only reward if you're able to really capitalize. But um, True. it's it's crazy. And talking about quitting your job and all those things too, like the, all the prep work, all just like the mental prep work, the wardrobe prep work, the cosmetic prep work, the mental prep work, the getting rid of your job prep work. Like how <laughs> how do you? I'm going to ask you the question because I, I kind of know part of the answer. I was with you for in Seattle for a week before you went on the show. Tell the people at home what that was like. Like you, you got the contract what two weeks before you left for the show. What were those two weeks like? Yeah, I think in in real to back up just a couple steps there. I think to your point, when you factor in the 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 mental aspect, the risk. And the actual money spent, like when you look at the fact that Elena made a thousand dollars a week, thirteen weeks, thirteen k, it's probably and she already spent five k out of pocket, and then the costs that are associated with you're not there, uh, and additional money that you're paying for stuff. I think it's probably a negative return. Like when you go on the show, unless you're winning Survivor for a million bucks or Big Brother for five hundred k, 
it's likely that when you put all the factors into it, it's a negative return unless you build a big platform after and you can figure a way to monetize it, which is interesting. But to your point, the pre-work's insane. Like I'm not a big pre... You know, I didn't do all the, the Botox and all that stuff before the show. But you do go shopping, you spend a ton of money, and you have no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen. I remember Caitlin telling me a story that one girl on her season, she was on Chris Souls, packed eight bags. Think about the money behind eight bags. She was gone night one. So for me, I would say if you think about all the aspects of going on the show, I probably spent like two to three K to go on the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's you're you're rolling the dice, man. You're rolling the dice at the craps table. I remember us uh, looking at the contract when you first got it and you were like (laughs) the things you could pack and couldn't pack and no labels and no logos and all those things. You're like, what am I going to pack? (laughs) What am I going to bring? No labels, Uh, nothing. That was and, crazy. And you helped me through that. So I I mean, I don't yeah. even know. Remember we we crushed, I know we crushed Lululemon. That was a good one because you don't it. really see it. Um, yeah. but and I'm just not like the most stylish guy. You know, I have decent style, it's pretty classic and boring. But man, some of the guys came with like serious. I you know, the most I it spent worked. on the most I spent on was the suit, my custom suit for night yes. one. Probably spent yes. about like twelve hundred on that. So uh-huh. I probably did spend more than three K. But some of the other guys, they were coming in like Gucci, Balenciaga, and all these Rolexes. Like, yeah, the one <laughs> one guy had like a rotating like five different Rolexes. I'm like, yikes! So hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You you obviously were put in a position where you were able to monetize it after after learning about a new industry. So hindsight's twenty twenty, you're, you're able to make a podcast right now, put in a situation, talk about it. But people who are going on these shows, there's no way they have hindsight. So what percentage would you say uh, of people are actually going on shows with the intention to monetize? Everyone. And you think that they've, you think so? Everyone, every you think 100%? single one of them, every one of them. Oh, okay. Let me take it back. Not everyone is going on to the strategy to monetize. Like when I went on the show, I didn't even know you could monetize on Instagram. Right. The game's changed a little bit where it's like much more out there and people are talking about it. But I think in general, everyone is going for an opportunity of some sort, at least it just depends on the percentage of it, right? Let's say for me, it was probably like, I don't know, five to 15% opportunity, Uh, 60%. I just needed a change in my life, anything (laughs) I would have done any, I I just needed a reason to hit restart, take a detour. And then for me, it was like 15%. eh, Let's see if I find like love in someone that's cool, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, So, I thought her trading secret was interesting. Like, I mean, <laughs> other than the OnlyFans and the Wiki feet, which like Wiki feet, Wiki like, feet, your reaction was can't amazing. I can't believe you're the Wiki feet. <laughs> you know, one of the she, the things she said that a few of our other guests have said too is just like investing in yourself, understanding your value, using your value as negotiation tactics and trades and things like that. I mean, we're having really unique, successful, charismatic, you know, entrepreneurial people who have who have made good on themselves from their experiences talk about all of those things. So, I mean, just want your take on that. Like, it's coming up yeah. over and over and over again. So, it is a, like investing in yourself and knowing your value is one thing that's coming over. What's cool about this podcast is sometimes we get the people that are very actively managing portfolios and have specific investment advice and different stocks and industries and and uh, cur- cryptocurrencies and NFTs to look in. And some people are like, no, just look in the mirror and put your money back into yourself, whatever that is. What I think my biggest takeaway from uh, what Elena said 
is really doing some self-aware digging in the mirror to understand kind of your superpower. What is it that makes you you? Is it a connection? Is it a skill set? Is it your experience? Like think about what everyone is everyone here listening think about what differentiates you from other people and understand that trade understand that skill set whatever it is and maximize it to bring value to others because the value you bring to others will come back to you in other forms and that's deep you know that's yeah deep but i think that's deep. my takeaway from this one cuz there's so many ways to analyze a lot of the guests we've had and the things they say that's my takeaway from this one i like it I like it. Yeah. Almost in the weeds. We almost got in the weeds almost there, but that was good. Like, I like we that. We almost got a little, little tearjerker, you know what I'm saying? You're more <laughs> well, what crier I'll say, than I am too. Eh, I saw you on... Actually, you didn't You didn't cry in the uh, in the limo uh, I mean, after you got left on the beach in Thailand. So. I did. I just waited until the cameras left. But, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we were both watching Lion King. I would say the odds of us both just bawling when fucking Scar takes down Mufasa is probably like 100%. <laughs> Well, I know that Elena's superpower is being hilarious. Um, <laughs> that it was just so fun. I'm like, I could do this. You, I was like, what do you, you want to talk tomorrow? You just want a podcast tomorrow? You want <laughs> to just like hang out? <laughs> she was, uh, she was so funny. Makes it so easy to have a conversation, and and obviously, learning about it was phenomenal. So, um, if they're all like Elena, this is going to be a fun adventure. It's fun when you can learn about professional navigation, finance, actual takeaways that you can apply to your life while laughing and have a good time doing it. You know, some of the things that maybe aren't specific trading secrets, but I'm curious what'll happen. Her party tricks. What's going to happen with her party tricks? <laughs> Is she going to hit 500K? And how yes. else will she monetize? We're going to have Elena back. But that being said, David, Thank you for joining me on another episode and being the closing bell champion to get a different perspective, to get a different opinion and to be the voice of the viewers. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Trading Secrets. We are going to have some fire guests on. And as we just committed to, we're going to get the CEO of OnlyFans on. So... If you can, give us five stars, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, and in the reviews, make sure you put your IG name so we can find you because we're doing giveaways and we're going to reach out to you. Give us the feedback. Thank you for being here on another episode of Trading Secrets, and we will see you next Monday. Bringing that money, money, rain on me.